The Tennessee Titans need to find two new starting offensive tackles this offseason. I'll explain why on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Roland, Titans fans. Today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price, guarantee. We got a lot to talk about on today's Tick Tack Tuesday. We're going to dive into the film. First, I'm going to talk about how the Titans offensive tackles performed. In this game, Jalen Duncan and Dylan Radins. Then we'll talk about how we saw the best and the worst of Will Levis on the film. And then I'm going to do a little Rollins rant for you guys to cap off the show about Traylon Burks and what Mike Vrabel had to say about Burks on Monday. Before we get into all of that, thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Titans podcast. Throw a thumbs up on the video as well. Show's always free. All I ask on return is the press of a button. Shout out to my everydayers out there tuning in Monday through Friday. Tomorrow, what's next Wednesday? Going to look ahead at the rest of the season. Talk about what the Titans need to do going forward. Crossover Thursday with the guys from Locked on Colts and then game plan Friday right around the corner. But with that being said, do want to dive into what I saw on the film In week 12, the most important conversation here is about the Titans' offensive tackles because I feel like that's what everybody was excited to see going into this game. How will Jalen Duncan look in his second real extended action? He's going over to left tackle this time, getting a start. That was exciting. How's Dylan Radins going to fare on the right side? And I'm just going to come out of the gate and be honest. Neither of those players should be starting for the Titans next year. If you, yes you, listening to the show right now, If you want the Tennessee Titans to be a playoff team next year, if you want the Tennessee Titans to be improved and you want to actually have hope that this team can make a playoff run, they need to go out and find two brand new starting offensive tackles. Whether that be using the $100 million in cap space that they're projected to have. Whether that be eight, one of the eight draft picks that they use. Well, it needs to be in one of the first two rounds, quite honestly, if you're hoping to get an immediate starter at the position. But... For me, if you use some of the free agent money and you get a mid-tier veteran offensive tackle to go on on the right, and then you use one of your top draft picks, probably based on where the Titans are at right now, number 10 in the draft, you use your first-round draft pick on an offensive tackle. Now you have the ability to improve enough. The reality here is Jalen Duncan is going to need more time. Jalen Duncan had a 47.1 pass blocking grade. He gave up zero sacks, but he gave up three pressures, okay, and 28 snaps. His hands got moved by not even Brian Burns. Brian Burns is tough, yes, but other pass rushers from the Panthers were able to move Jalen Duncan's hands away, get into his chest, and get pressure on the quarterback. There were a few missed opportunities in run blocking. Now, Jalen Duncan was better in run blocking 
than, than the pass blocking, if we want to be honest about it. He had some moments in pass blocking where he won one-on-one. But I'm telling you, if you want the Titans to be ready next year, Jalen Duncan's not going to be that guy again. Hand placement issues, which are technique-based. He's got an issue with balance when he's trying to drive guys forward and run blocking. I've never been on board with the Jalen Duncan pick. Now, I am more impressed with Duncan right now than I expected to be when he was drafted by the Titans. But after watching, he's just not going to be ready by next year. You cannot expect Jalen Duncan to be one of your starting offensive tackles next year. If they bring him back as their third tackle, their swing tackle, or they bring him back as a fourth tackle, which the Titans probably want to be safe on that note and have four offensive tackles available, that would make sense. All right, that would make sense. I think next year, you move Dylan Radens inside full-time, you bring back Nicholas Petit-Ferrer in his third season and expect him and Jalen Duncan to compete for that third tackle position. You bring in a high draft pick at offensive tackle, you bring in a free agent at offensive tackle, and let those guys all compete. Okay, I just don't think that at this point, and maybe the rest of the season goes a certain way, but at this point, you can't expect Jalen Duncan or Dylan Radens to be either of your starting offensive tackles next year. Radens was better than Jalen Duncan, in my opinion, in this game. Um, In pass blocking, he was better, 56.5 pass blocking grade. And I'm not saying he was better solely because of the grade. I'm talking about what we saw on tape, too. But Radens gave up a sack. Radens gave up two pressures. Raiden slipped off guys in run blocking and wasn't able to drive guys off the ball consistently. Raiden's is solid in run blocking, but it's just not good enough. Again, just because the Titans were better in pass blocking, yesterday only gave up one sack. They were better in, in pass blocking against the Panthers. Doesn't mean that these offensive linemen are good enough. At the end of the day, I would be fine if the Titans replaced everybody except Peter Skaronsky. Also, I do want to say this. There are some people that go into my comments and say, they drafted a guard at number 11. How dumb. Blah, blah, blah. Peter Skaronsky this. Uh, Daniel Brunskill's been the best off it. In the last three games, Peter Skaronsky has given up zero sacks and two total pressures in three games. It hasn't been perfect. He's had some struggles in run blocking, no doubt about it. But Peter Skaronsky is the best offensive lineman on this team. And he has the potential to be a Pro Bowl-level offensive lineman for the next decade, maybe even better, if you put some help around him that he can trust. So, there are people out there trying to hate on the Peter Skaronsky pick. I'm sorry, but you're crazy. Skaronsky's been good, and if you take away having an emergency appendectomy in the middle of his rookie season and then losing a bunch of weight and strength and then coming back and trying to get back into it, if you take away some midseason struggles because of an emergency appendectomy and surgery that caused him to lose weight and power and strength, he has by far been the most consistent and best offensive lineman on this team. So I just think it's hilarious that some people choose to hate on Peter Skaronsky. Out of all of the things that are going wrong for the Titans this year, you're going to hate on Pete? Sad, sad, sad is all I have to say. But again, really what I want to end on here is just my my first point. Dylan Radens is not a starting offensive tackle. He's not going to be next year. Jalen Duncan is not going to be ready to be a starting offensive tackle by next year if you want the Titans to have an improved offensive line. 
Find two brand new tackles. And Aaron Brewer was awful in this game. I don't care how tough he is, $2 stake, this and that. All. Aaron Brewer should not be slated as the starting center on this team next year. He has good moments in run blocking, but what he loses in pass blocking, what he loses against the stronger defensive tackles in the NFL, what he loses with the bad snaps, I'm sorry. There has to be a real competition at center next year. Are we going to fix this offensive line or are we not? That's the question because you're not going to take one of the bottom three offensive lines in the NFL, bring back a bunch of guys from it and expect improvement because that's just not the way that it's going to work. But with that being said, we got to talk about Will Levis because while there was a lot to like, this honestly was the most concerning performance for me when you talk about Will Levis and his development. So I'm going to tell you what I saw on tape from Levis, the good and the bad. Before we dive into that, though, do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, Game Time is the best place to buy tickets, but especially, especially if you're looking to get some last-minute tickets. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices. You get an accurate, real view from what your seat is, what it's going to look like. They have a best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I've bought basketball tickets. I've bought some baseball tickets on Game Time. The app is super easy to use. You know that you're getting the best deal possible. You And honestly, what I would call it is an honest transaction, which is hard to find and when you're fine when you're buying tickets these days. It's not just sports. They have music, comedy, theater events, everything you need. So make sure that you take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Twenty dollars off tickets to a game, to a concert. Excellent terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NFL. That's L O C K E D O N N F L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Titans fans, thank you for making Locked On Titans your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round on all apps, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Speaking of that, Locked On has launched the first ever, first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is what it's called, and it is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with analysis from local experts like me with Locked On Titans. Also coverage from our national shows. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Be a part of history. But we talked about the offensive line. Now I want to move into Will Levis because while we saw a lot of good and there was a lot to like from Will Levis, especially in that second quarter in the first half, This was probably the most concerning game that I've seen from Will Levis so far. There were a lot of turnover-worthy, well, up there with the Pittsburgh Steeler game where he made a lot of turnover-worthy decisions and plays. That's on the road, second start, all that. 
But this, you're at home against a bad team with more time than you've ever had in any of your five starts from the offensive line, and there were just some misses. Okay, so I'm just going to go through some of the plays that I didn't like before we get to what I did like. Right before halftime, before he completes the pass to NWI, spikes the ball, gets a position for the field goal. Overall speaking, that last two-minute drill at the end of the first half to get that field goal, that is a good drive. Good execution. Get the three points. They got the job done. But they could have had a touchdown. Because there was a throw at about midfield or a play at midfield where on the right-hand side, the Titans run a dagger concept. We talked about that on the show. My everydayers probably recognize what that is. It's where the outside receiver does a deep in route and the inside slot receiver runs a vertical seam route. Okay? The Panthers ran cover two and Kyle Phillips was in the slot running the vertical seam route. The safeties got really split and there was a huge hole in the middle of the field. Kyle Phillips ran the seam route vertical And he started to bend it away from the right-hand side safety. He was wide open. And I mean, if Levis lets this ball go, it's a touchdown. There's a little bit of pressure, but Levis climbs the pocket and has a ton of time. Ultimately, he decides to throw a quick pass to Chickaconquo that's broken up for an incompletion. A couple of plays later, they hit the NWI, they get the field goal, whatever. But I was just shocked that Levis had so much time, climbed the pocket, was looking to the right-hand side, and didn't throw that seam route to Phillips wide open running down the middle of the field. I was just disappointed. Now, what I would say is, first game against the Falcons, Will Levis throws the deep pass to NWI on third and four at the end of the half, and everybody's like, decision-making, situational awareness, can't throw that ball. So maybe Will Levis is thinking, hey, I can't throw that. That's a waste. If it's not complete, we need to move the ball down the field and get a field goal. Uh, There's no timeouts. Maybe if you complete it, it's hard to get up on the ball and spike it. I don't know what his decision-making process was, but I was just shocked that he didn't throw that ball, and I thought if he let it go and he had time to, it's a touchdown. You go into the third quarter. The miss to Hopkins on the crossing route where he throws it behind him. That's obvious to everybody. There was another one where Hopkins runs a deep post. And it's him one-on-one, and he literally flies past the cornerback to the inside. I believe that, the, if I'm recalling correctly, the Panthers are in a quarters coverage. The uh, Hopkins side safety bites inside, leaving Hopkins wide open over the middle on the post. Levis doesn't see it. Throws it elsewhere. Um, He almost throws the interception on the sit-down route to Hopkins where he's trying to force it in on third down. There's an inaccurate throw to Chris Moore down the left-hand sideline where Chris Moore is wide open and Levis is trying to kind of backpedal into the throw rather than setting his feet and just delivering it. There's a little bit of pressure, but he didn't have to throw it while backpedaling. He could have taken one backpedal step, set his feet, and make the throw to Chris Moore down the sideline accurate, but he sails it left and out of bounds. That's how Traylon Burks got knocked out against the Steelers. We've seen a few misses down the... (coughs) excuse me, down the sideline in that manner where Levis is just not setting his feet and having a good base. He's moving while he throws. And while I recognize the pressure is there, there are some times where the pressure isn't as bad and he needs to just set his feet and make a strong, solid, accurate throw rather than trying to throw on the move. Okay? So 
some of these things are just concerning. You're missing open people for big plays. You're inaccurate, making bad decisions. Like, there was, again, maybe the Pittsburgh game is in there, but considering circumstances, this was the most concerning Will Levis performance so far for me. Now, again, on the flip side of that, we saw some really good stuff. That drive where Levis goes seven for seven, he's accurate. He's finding the right place to go with the ball, making good decisions. That throw to Chickaconquo on the wheel route down the sideline that went for 25 yards that set the Titans up at the one-yard line for their first touchdown. Excuse, excuse me. Levis barely got that ball down the sideline to Chig because he was under immense pressure from Brian Burns, I believe. And he barely is able to toss it out. The ability to play under pressure and not blink and throw the ball. If I believe personally that if Levis has a better team around him, not even an elite all-star team around him, just a better team around him, he is going to consistently be a game-winning player. And we see flashes of it. But I think some of the pressure and some of that, hey, we need to get the ball out quick, and hey, make sure you're taking profit and not forcing it downfield too much. I think some of that coaching could be showing up in these ways too. And I want to say this. We saw some RPOs where Will Levis could hand it off to Derrick Henry or throw a quick out route. We saw quite a few quick out routes. Teams play cover three and man coverage against the Titans because that allows them to have eight people in the box. If teams are going to play that, you're going to have opportunities in one-on-one outside, to the outside. So seeing the Titans attack the sideline a little bit more and mixing in some RPO and some quick hitters to the sideline, that is going to help Will Levis get in a rhythm, okay? So I like to see all of that. So we saw the good. We saw a lot of the bad, though, which is a bit concerning. And next week against the Colts, I think it's going to be a tougher game for the Titans. But I would like to see some more consistency from Will Levis as well. Someone who we have seen zero consistency from is Traylon Burks. And we talked about the offensive line and the future of the offensive line. We're talking about Will Levis right now. I want to talk about the future of wide receiver and talk about what Mike Vrabel had to say about Traylon Burks on Monday. Before we dive into that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Look, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets any five, excuse me, five dollar money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. All right. Two weeks ago, I told you place your five dollar money line bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're gonna get a hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets. Last week, I told you place a five dollar money line bet on the Tennessee Titans. If you did that, you'd have a hundred and fifty bucks. Again, just place a $5 money line bet that wins, and you're going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of options from spreads, player props, over-unders, all that. There is no better time to get in on the action. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season, or I guess get in on the NFL season. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
fans, let's cap off today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast and talk about how neither of the Titans' young offensive tackles played all that well against the Panthers, and the Titans shouldn't view them as starters next year. Talked about how we saw the worst of Will Levis, honestly, but got some of the best as well, and the coaches can help him there too. But now I want to look forward at the wide receiver position. And speaking of looking forward, tomorrow is What's Next Wednesday. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I want to see from the Colts, talk about the Titans' schedule the rest of the way, look at maybe some draft pick stuff as well, which the Titans need to start paying attention to. Titans drop from the sixth pick to the tenth pick in the draft this weekend. Tough one if you're on a tankathon watch as a fan for the Titans. But either way, we're going to look at a lot of stuff on tomorrow's show. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Titans podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. But want to talk about wide receiver and kind of use Traylon Burks' situation as a jumping off point. Mike Vrabel was asked how hopeful he was to get Traylon Burks back in practice this week. Mike Vrabel's quote, quote, I'm hopeful for a lot of things, quote, end quote. What? I'm thankful for a lot of it, or I'm hopeful for a lot of things. You know what that means? Mike Vrabel isn't very hopeful that Traylon Burks is back this week. That's how I read that statement. I'm hopeful for a lot of things. Like, yeah, you know, that's like when someone's saying, well, if they do this, well, if I do that, I'm winning the lottery, okay? You know, it, the reality is you shouldn't expect Traylon Burks back, and I tweeted it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm hammering it home now. Stop thinking about Traylon Burks at all. He is a ghost. He is a ghost, okay? Stop thinking that the Titans have Traylon Burks when you start talking about wide receivers next year. Look, Burks has played in 16 of 28 games. He has 41 catches for 556 yards and one touchdown in two seasons. He has missed 12 possible games so far, and the odds are it looks like he is going to continue missing games for a long time. He had the bad concussion against Philadelphia, you add that in with the bad concussion against the Steelers. It has always been my opinion that Burks isn't the type of guy who wants to push through things. He needs strong coaching, strong motivation, strong pushing to get him to do what you want. He's a guy who, in my opinion, based on some of the comments he's made, doesn't really know the plays very well, doesn't know the playbook very well. Mike Vrabel's talked about wishing Will Levis could get Traylon Burks lined up right in the future at a game earlier in a press conference. Traylon Burks himself talked about how he used to ask people, you know, what he's doing on the play and stuff like that last year. And now he feels like he knows it better. Look, to me, it's obvious that Burks is a guy who just doesn't work hard enough. And you could talk about the injuries. I'm talking about when he's on the field and he's healthy and he's playing. His route craft isn't there. It doesn't look like he has a full grasp of what he's supposed to do in the offense. Honestly, the Titans had a little bit of fool's gold. And I fell for it too. I'll admit it. Saw Burks on the quick screens and running down the field or catching. If you go back and look at the college tape, it was quick gadget plays where he just out physicaled men who were smaller than him in college. Or it was vertical routes where he was able to use that physical advantage to just jump over top of guys and catch the ball. In the NFL, you don't have such a physical advantage. You have to be more dedicated with your routes. You have to have a better understanding of what to do in the offense and understanding of defenses. You have to have better hands that are more reliable. You have to have better body control because you're not just going to go jump over top of everybody because you're bigger and stronger and faster. 
Burks has broken two tackles in his entire career. He was supposed to be a yards after catch threat. Catch the quick slant over the middle, take it to the house like AJ. He has broken two tackles in his entire career. So again, my point here is Burks is a ghost. When you talk about the Titans wide receiver position next year, do not mention Traylon Burks. A perfect offseason for me. If you want to revamp the Titans wide receiver group, you go out and sign T. Higgins or Brandon Ayuk in free agency. One of those guys, you add a wide receiver in the first or second, the first and second round of the draft should be offensive line and wide receiver. Maybe if you get the 10th, 9th, 11th pick, you don't get one of the top offensive tackles or whatever. You look at a Malik Neighbors. You look at a Keon Coleman. You look at a Roma Dunze. You look at someone like that because you're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously. And then you follow that up with a tackle in the second round or you take the tackle in the second round and you get one of the many good second round options that are going to be available in a deep wide receiver class. You add a top tier free agent wide receiver. You add a top pick in the draft. And then you have free agent, top pick, and DeAndre Hopkins. Kyle Phillips is your wide receiver four. Chris Moore and NWI is five and six. And you trade Traylon Burks for a fourth round pick. That would be an ideal offseason at wide receiver for me. Again, Traylon Burks is a ghost. And if you're relying on Burks or you're factoring in Traylon Burks into any conversation about the wide receiver position for next year, I think it's fool's gold. And the Titans got destroyed on the A.J. Brown trade, which we already knew and we already understood. Holding on to Traylon Burks, hoping to look less dumb for doing that would be the biggest mistake. When you make a mistake, the best thing you could do is realize you've made a mistake and remedy it as quick as possible. Trade Traylon Burks for a third or fourth round pick. Accept that you're going to take a loss on the trade. Get yourself an extra top 100 pick to give Traylon Burks away. Sign a top tier free agent wide receiver. Draft a wide receiver high in the draft. Have the draft pick and the free agent with DeAndre Hopkins for $15 million next year. Trade Traylon Burks. Kyle Phillips as your situational wide receiver four who can play in the slot. And NWI and Chris Moore as your depth wide receivers who can play on special teams. That would be a good wide receiver group for the Titans. I mean, imagine like T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, and Xavier Leggett. T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, and Emeka Adbuka. Like, we are cooking, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, and Xavier Worthy. We are cooking. We are cooking. So forgive me if it's insensitive or rude. I'm just ready to forget about Traylon Burks. He's a ghost. He doesn't exist. And the Titans would be wise to build their wide receiver group next year without him in mind. Do not bank on Traylon Burks for any reason whatsoever going into next season. Act as if he doesn't exist. And if it's possible to get anything for him, I think you do that and you move on. But with that being said, we're going to move on from today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast because that's going to do it for me. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow for what's next Wednesday. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.